You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. We're back on the podcast. Once again, we are joined by Pastor Steve Felder, who is going to bring to bear his expertise on a bit of a strange uh, strange incident uh, that we come across here in Scripture. And for those of you uh, who were with us this weekend, or maybe you weren't able to join us, let me just give you a quick recap of what we talked about this weekend um, and how, uh, how that segues into uh, the topic that we're going to discuss together here today. Um, this past weekend, my father covered the greater parts of Genesis uh, chapters 13 and 14. And at the uh, end of chapter 14, uh, we run into this very interesting kind of makes a quick appearance and yeah, then doesn't show up again. Guy, yeah, yeah. A mysterious yeah. figure uh, named uh, Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is interesting. Um, what happens is Abram's nephew Lot is kidnapped, for lack of a better term, by this uh, this pretty uh, bad fella named Cater uh, Leomer. Cater Leomer. Oh, yeah. Let's try saying that five times real fast. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Abram takes three hundred trained men, yeah. tracks this guy down. Uh, this guy who's been a plague on the right. greater area for nobody's quite beating a while. him. Yeah, and uh, he he routes him. Yep, and he returns with the spoils of his victory, and he comes to this guy uh, named uh, Melchizedek, who is, uh, and, and you know, that's, a, he, let's just talk, tell us about Melchizedek. Right. He's an interesting yeah, well, character. He's, he just shows up. He shows up on the scene. A number of kings show up when, when Abram returns with the booty of this, this great defeat and uh, the victory for him. And one of the kings that show up is this guy from a city called Salem, uh, or later became Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, the city of peace, and um, he's called he's called Melchizedek, and Abram gives him t- a tithe of all of his booty because he recognizes that this man who is who is functioning as the king at a nearby city called Salem is also the priest of the Most High God. Same mm-hmm. the same. God that he worships, this guy is a a royal priest. That he is he is king and priest together yeah. in a city called Salem, or later to become Jerusalem, and uh, that becomes a pretty significant event, uh, particularly or partially because of the way that Melchizedek shows up in the story. Yeah. So Melchizedek shows up, kind of, uh, he kind of gets. Uh, He's kind of a photo bomber in uh, <laughs> in the book of Genesis. I mean, he just Hello, shows. Hello, I'm here, Abram. <laughs> he just shows up. You know, I mean, this is a, in the book of Genesis. This is a book that you get your you get your credibility in showing up in the book of Genesis as a player in the program of God by having a genealogy. Right. So you'll find anybody that shows up that's going to be credible, and you need to listen to them, and they're they're representing God. They tell you, they go to great lengths to tell you. <laughs> Painfully boring lengths sometimes. Yeah. Where this guy came from to right. the to the to the 10th and 50th generation, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and and so Melchizedek shows up as a player that's going to influence the story and as a obvious uh, representative of God, but he comes in with no genealogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in the in the book of Genesis, they even have a term. It's called. He said, "These are the generations," and it's the word Toledoth, and it goes on and tells you where this guy came from. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no Toledoth when it comes to Melchizedek. He just yep. shows up without genealogy, and that becomes important later um, because he's he's what the writer of Hebrews says he's without father and mother. No. That is, he's no recorded father and mother, and that's going to be an important piece of what it means for him to be a king priest. Yeah, and that's now that term you just used, king, priest, priest, king. Yeah. And that's interesting because uh, if you look at the greater story of Scripture, particularly the Old Testament, you see that Israel kept the priesthood, the kingship, Separated. I sure did. Right? They didn't. Did. They didn't mix those uh, offices together, and uh, right. people got in trouble uh, when they tried to do that. Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You had um, in our government, we we separate power, uh, legislative, judicial, and executive. Well, the the Israelites did a similar kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it was prophet, priest, king, and. Um, you would you could find a prophet or a, a priest who was going to be who was also a prophet, yeah. Like most Samuel would be yep. an example mm-hmm. of that, and you could find a king who was a prophet, like David. Yep. But what you didn't find and never found was a king who was a priest, yeah. Because those two, a, a priest, a prophet could come from any tribe, yeah. Uh, Jonah was an unlikely prophet because he came from an obscure place. Yeah. But any any tribe could produce a prophet, but a priest and a king had to come from a specific line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So priest had to or a priest had to come from the line of Levi, and he had particularly come out of he had to come from the tribe of Levi and out of the line of Aaron. Yeah. King had to come out of the tribe of Judah and out of the line of David. Mm-hmm. And so genealogically birth order, the birth of that person, the very the very way that they were, their first qualification was they had to have a genealogical resume, which yeah. said, I came from Levi in particular from Aaron, or I came from Judah and particularly from David's line. Yeah. And so genealogically, those two could not come together yeah. um, in, in the line of Aaron or in the, in the, in the Old Testament law. But yeah. this guy, Melchizedek, <laughs> is before the law. The law. Mm-hmm. And he is both king and priest. And uh, when you come, when the writer of, of Psalms, um, Psalm 110 picks up, David picks up, he says that that God in heaven looks at his son and says, I'm going to take an oath. Yep. And you are going to be not only a king, but you're going to be a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And once again, we have king and priest together in one person, but it's not in the line of Aaron. It's a priesthood that's different. It's a priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. Yeah, and so when it comes to Jesus, uh, that kind of gives us a little more understanding for how he can be all three of those roles that we see prominently in Israel, right? Yes, Yes. he is called the prophet. These uh, Moses said, there'll be a prophet like me. Well, he's that guy. He's going to be a priest. He's going to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He's going to be a king um, and the line of the ultimate king of the line of David. So he is prophet, priest, and king, um, which um, 
the writer of Hebrews picks up in Hebrews chapter seven and begins mm-hmm. to talk about. He references this 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 order, this priesthood in the order of Melchizedek in chapter five, chapter six. He says, "I've got a lot of things to tell you about this," and he gets to chapter <laughs> seven and he starts unpacking it. Yes, and he spends t- three and a half chapters unpacking. Yeah, it. so he goes up through chapter ten. He starts yeah. unpacking the ramifications of that. So, um, so what is what does it mean then? You know, we 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 throw around this term, you know, Melchizedekian. Um, what, what does it mean for for Jesus in particular to not be a priest from the line of Aaron, but to be a priest after the order yeah, of Melchizedek? Yeah. Aaron's priesthood pictured the work of Christ, but Jesus was not a priest in his line, in Aaron's mm-hmm. line. So. Aaron's line gave you pictures and, and, and instruction or in indicators of what Christ would do, but the priesthood of Jesus was not ironic. It didn't mm-hmm. come through Levi. It was a, in fact, that's what makes it distinct. It's, it's not tied to a genealogy. It's tied to a priesthood that existed before the law and existed after the law. It's an eternal priesthood. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when he, he's not genealogically driven, that's one distinction. Um, it's not, a, therefore it's not a temporary, Aaron's priesthood was temporary. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to go away. Christ, he says, he, he is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He yeah. doesn't go, this is an eternal priesthood, preceded the law and post-dated the law. So, but the, one of the big, couple of the big distinctions in Melchizedekian priesthood of Jesus is that the priests of Aaron were sinful men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, when they gave a, when they made sacrifices, they had to make a sacrifice every day for, they had to make daily sacrifices for yeah. themselves first. He just said they made a sacrifice themselves first because they were sinful. And then for the people. Yeah. Uh, and they had to, and they couldn't, there was no chair in the, in the temple. You know, because you didn't sit down. You yeah. you had a perpetual job because tomorrow you're gonna do the same thing. Yeah. And you know, and um, but when Jesus makes when he comes in, he offers he is he offers one sacrifice for sin, once for all, and it sets down. He is both the vicar, that is the priest, and the victim, the sacrifice. sacrifice. And he offers himself as the as the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Who takes away the sin of the world? It's not the it's not the lamb that a man brings right. and offers. It's the lamb that God brings to to die for men, and uh, he he makes one sacrifice for sin, and it is adequate for all time, all mankind. And to symbolize that, he sits down at the right hand of the Father to say, "The work's done. I don't have to get up and do this again tomorrow." Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, I think that's at least one piece of what makes this priesthood superior to the priesthood of Aaron, right? Yeah. And with Aaron, you've got a, you've got a sinful man who, who is going to serve for a period of time. He's going to die and he's going to, he's going to wait for his resurrection. Uh, But Jesus, he says in his high priesthood, he is a priest who lives forever. And therefore he, he lives forever to intercede for us as well. Priests, not only the, the prophet brought God to men. Mm-hmm. Here's what God, God said this, and he brought that message to men. The priest brought broken, sinful men to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they brought them to God 
to bring sacrifices for them so that they could be forgiven. But I also brought them to God to pray for them. Um, I think it was Samuel uh, who says, God forbid that I would not pray for you. Right, you know, yeah. It's, so he it's, even calls that a sin, actually. Yeah, that would not <laughs> sin. And, then, and so there's this... There's this this role of the priest was to intercede for the broken and the and the flawed people, yeah. and so Jesus, he says he never he ever lives to make intercession for us. He sits down because he's done with his work of offering the sacrifice. Yeah, right? that that work's done, but he stands up and intercedes for us at every every turn of our life because we are still broken people who yeah. need someone to stand at our side and intercede for us to the Father. And he he does that, and he says, because he's that person, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come to God on a on a um, without any reservations, yeah. because our sins are forgiven, and we've got and we've got an advocate who will stand with us and uh, and represent us to the our needs to the Father, even when we don't know how to pray. So. Yeah, and I th- I find it particularly interesting that not only does Jesus lived to make intercessions for us because he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. His priesthood continues forever. Um, but that because of that work, he he's also made us uh, yes. a kingdom of royal priests. Yeah. Well, we're not Aaronic priests. We're mm-hmm. not in the line of Aaron just like he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that that order has been set aside and its its function has been fulfilled. But when, when we come along, uh, we have this priest... Um, this high priest whose name is Jesus, who uh, who has made a sacrifice for us, who intercedes for us, who does all those things. Then he turns to us and says, I'm a royal priest. I'm the royal high priest. I want to make you a priest as well. But he doesn't just make us priests. He said, I'm going to make you a kingdom of mm-hmm. priests. I'm going to yeah. make you a royal priesthood. And so we don't become priests because we're related to Aaron, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're priests because we're related to Jesus. Yeah, and because of that, we step into this role as as priests, where we too, uh, we bring people, we bring broken people to God. Yeah, and we say, hey, there's a place where you can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. This, this high priest has died for you. We're the people who bring broken people to God in prayer. And we intercede for for people who are far from God and people that are struggling with through life. That's part of what we do. And as you know, we we, we bring sacrifices. Yes, not of the animal variety, though, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Put that sheep back. Yeah. <laughs> Put that lamb back. <laughs> so we're not bringing blood sacrifices, but when you when you look through the Bible, he says, "Bring your body, bring your yourself as a living sacrifice." In Romans right. twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the book of Philippians, he says the Philippians gave a financial gift that went up as a, a sweet-smelling savor, as an offering to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Writer of Hebrews, at the end of the writer of the book of Hebrews, he says that we bring sacrifices to God, and he says part of those are the praise of our lips. So when we are worshiping God in in private or worshiping God in corporate worship. Uh, and singing and praising God, and those those are seen by God as an act of sacrifice given yeah. to God. He says, uh, "Your good deeds, your acts of service, and your generosity." He said, "These are are acceptable sacrifices to God." So the sacrifice that we offer is quite different, right? Um, and so uh, we 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 bring those as priests. 
we, we bring broken and people that are far from God and people that are broken by life to God and through our sharing Christ and through our prayer life. But we also make these sacrifices to God uh, as acts of worship and um, God accepts them. He accepts right. them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all those things are become part of what it means for us to be related to and connected to Jesus, uh, the Melchizedekian priest. And of course, his priesthood is forever. So when, when the curtain closes on planet Earth and a new heaven, new earth comes, yeah. Jesus is forever, uh, yeah. this person, mm-hmm. this, this role. So, yeah. 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 That's a, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't even know we have the, the terms to do it justice, but I think it's pretty, it's pretty inspiring in and of itself that, uh, Jesus makes all of us priests, you know, that he invites us all into that kind of a life of, uh, that kind of service, that kind of life. I mean, that's a, all of the, I mean, many of these pictures of the old Testament become embodied in us. For example, he says, uh, you're living stones. And you're as living stones, you're making up a living temple. Mm-hmm. And that living temple has a priesthood that serves in it. And oh, by the way, you're the priest. And that priesthood has a high priest, and his name is Jesus. And uh, the bottom line is, we're not here just to, you know, to do religious things. We're here to, as the Old Testament priest was, as Melchizedek was, to make a difference in a world that is far from God. And uh, we are the we are to be those people who bring people who are far from God to a God who wants to be near to them, and yeah. we are the people who are to bring people the folks that are broken by life to a God who wants to repair their life. We're the person who says to a world, "There is a one true God that you honor with your gifts, right. with your financial giving, with your service, uh, with your praise," and we physically manifest that in the way we live our life and the way we worship that um, these things are true and we will live and die by these things. So. Right. And uh, so it's not just for a specific class of pastors or uh, Catholic no. priests. It's for everybody, right? Everybody Everyone. who calls on Jesus. Yeah, we yeah. are uh, the priesthood of the believer. Yes. No, not the priesthood of the pastorate. <laughs> it's the priesthood of the believer. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I think that... Uh, that hopefully clears up some things on a pretty, uh, a pretty enigmatic uh, character and uh, the ramifications he has on Jesus and yeah. the ramifications he has for us. You know? Yeah, he's, God was purposely vague on his introduction. Yes, I was going to say that's uh, he. Uh, he writes those stories pretty uh, intentionally, and yep. uh, there's a lot to. Uh, there's always a lot more it seems than meets the eye with a guy yeah. like that. And if you want to do a little more study on that, you could one fourth of the book of Hebrews is about this priesthood. So yeah. you could read chapter seven, eight, nine, most of 10, ten. Mm-hmm. and you'll get a pretty good smattering or pretty good feel for what this priesthood's like. Yeah. And that's uh, pretty cool how uh, the New Testament unpacks some of those things for us. It's Absolutely. Pretty, uh, pretty neat stuff. Might have some questions come up on that. You'd want to pose those. Maybe we get a chance to address some of those on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Which uh, that's our good reminder that Hey, maybe you still got some questions, some specific questions about Melchizedek, about some of the messages we've preached recently, or question about the Bible, life, anything. Uh, you could you could ask Steve what his favorite uh, motorcycle ride is. You know, oh, that's, there you go. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he'd love to talk about that. Uh, if you have those questions, uh, you can email them to podcast at horizonschurch.net, and we uh, those 
those might show up on the podcast one day. And uh, and uh, we would remind you too if uh, if you find this podcast particularly helpful um, and you want to spread the word, you can share it uh, through iTunes. You can share it through uh, our website, horizonsresources.net. If it's been helpful to you and you think it would help somebody else, we encourage you to share it, spread the love. And uh, without any further ado, thank you, Steve, for joining us and unpacking this for us. And we will hear back from you all next time. Mm